The best way to learn a language? Immersion. Living where the language is spoken and using it every day. But if that's not in the cards this year, you can still learn a language the second best way. And that's with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts and help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's designed by real people for real conversations, and their tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching, so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription at babbel.com slash bluewire. That's 60% off at babbel.com slash bluewire, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash bluewire. Rules and restrictions apply. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered cold-filtered, and cold-packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Welcome to the Rotowire Prospect Podcast. I'm Clay Link here with Rotowire.com's lead prospect analyst, James Anderson. James, kind of a, a weird lull period, you know, trying to do a prospect pod. Of course, no minor league games going on. Uh, still early in the baseball season. Um, a few things to talk about, but kind of a scant outline for today. Yeah, this is this is a tough tough time of the year uh everyone's overreacting to good stuff and overreacting to bad stuff and it's just really hard to not get swept up in that you know um but it's uh yeah i mean there's there's some stuff to talk about i mean there's kind of some under the radar guys that we're gonna hit on and um you know i mean it's it's really it seems like most prospects that are in the majors right now are struggling on the position player side, except for the ones who nobody saw coming. And then um, there's been some nice pitching performances and stuff, but most of the top guys have already graduated, you know, like Ian Anderson and Trevor Rogers lost their prospect eligibility uh, a couple days ago. So um, yeah, we'll, we'll make a go of it. Absolutely, man. Always a pleasure talking with you. And, you know, in our main main event at the NFPC, we're holding and still have them active, Andrew Vaughn. We talked about it last week. And you called it, man. You said it's going to be a frustrating couple weeks <laughs> until Tony LaRusso figures it out and uh, realizes how good of a hitting prospect Andrew Vaughn is. But it seems like we're not really any closer to that happening course in a 15 team where we're going to hold them but it might not be so easy in a 12 and i imagine some fantasy manager probably already have cup bait it's a frustrating frustrating endeavor rostering andrew vaughn right now yeah i mean uh, things are supposedly going to get better uh tony promised that he would be starting vaughn today and tomorrow and then he would be playing uh, a decent amount on the upcoming road trip so um really i think you know what what i just really want is for him to it, it seems weird to say because it shouldn't come down to this but it'd be it'd be great if he had a nice uh, rest of the week at the plate i mean he's got a 400 obp but it'd be really nice if he just 
did enough damage to kind of make it tough for, for the skipper to keep him out of the lineup. Yeah, it's uh, it's been frustrating, man. But our team is in the uh, top 80 overall. How about that? I know it's too early to really mean anything, but I'm excited about our team. We've been hit by a few injuries, but otherwise we're running pretty pure when it comes to our lineup choices and whatnot. Uh, we lucked into an Ottavino win, so... You know, we're down a couple big bats, but I, I like I like how things are going so far. We've been running pretty lucky, uh, minus the injury luck that you alluded to. Luke Voigt and Anthony Rendon hit the IL, not ideal, but uh, yeah, I mean, we we drafted Shohei Otani for, I mean, we said it multiple times, I think, on this pod and on the radio show we drafted Shohei Otani strictly for what he was going to give us as a pitcher and we have not started him once as a pitcher <laughs> and he's been our best hitter <laughs> by a pretty good margin actually too although huge getting Trent Grisham back what a great uh little run he had right away to kick off his season love seeing that we got we got some work to do on the closing side but um, you know, we hit about 500 on our specs, so that's not bad. And we got a lot of money to work with, too, in Fab. We haven't really gone big after anybody yet. Yeah, which is which is kind of surprising, knowing us. Uh, oh, yeah. The guys who blew, like, 800 on Nomar Mazzaro. <laughs> you got um, no, I'm, I'm really proud of uh, sort of how disciplined we've been. I mean, like, we'll, we'll have our Sunday Fab call and if someone throws out a name and the other person isn't into him, we just move on and um, haven't really hasn't really been that one guy that we really needed to go crazy for yet. Yeah, maybe like if Julio Rodriguez or who was the other guy you called uh, Helio Ramos you called a Fabio Palooza on later this season. Um, we'll be yeah. we'll be in the mix to compete. I'm already out of the mix in some of my league. <laughs> some of those big ticket free agents, but that's all right. Uh, we'll have that flexibility in the main. Yeah, we will jump around to a variety of topics today. We will also be picking our latest choices for walk-up songs. I thought uh, the first two choices were stellar, and uh, I think I have a pretty good one for this week. So uh, we're drafting or selecting walk-up songs as if we we're big leaguers. Um, and actually mine is uh, another one that Amir Garrett could use, by the way. But uh, James, I saw it today that's i know we were kind of looking at uh, a few days down the road but alex kirloff got called up but it's as the 27th man today right like it's just um as the designated 27th man he'll have to head right back down yeah i actually just watched his first at bat of the day um he got the got the start and um yeah it's just fun to see him up but yeah, he will go back down after this doubleheader, but it's just, you know, it's nice to know that he's um, very, very close. I mean, you bring a guy up as the 27th man, I think in about a week or so, he'll be brought up for good and um, should be, I mean, you know, I think over the course of a season, I think Kirilov will perform very well. I hope that, you know, I think Rocco Baldelli is probably the, the anti-Tony La Russa, so... Um, He'll probably see the forest for the trees and, and keep him in there, even if he gets off to a slow start. But uh, just just fun to see him up and, and in the lineup today. You know, I was thinking maybe Luisa Rise and his play early might throw a wrench in things because he was seeing time out in the outfield. And uh, still pretty good numbers for a rise. But you know what I actually think happens pretty soon is when Donaldson comes back from the aisle, I almost think maybe he goes the first. Or just, I don't know, yeah, maybe he's at first and then arrives at, at third. Because I, I'm almost thinking Miguel Sano's time with this club as a regular is probably up. Like, he's drawn a few walks, well, nine walks, but 086 average, one homer, uh, 16 strikeouts. I kind of think this may have run its course in Minnesota. <laughs> uh, well, I... I think that they probably hope you're wrong, considering they're still on the hook for uh, what another. I think they're paying him ten million this year, ten million next year. Oof. So um, maybe they'll maybe that kind of commits them to 
giving him like a longer leash. But I don't know. Arias, I think, has to play. Well, so I think, first of all, I mean, I think even with Donaldson expected back, I think what's he going to be activated for game two of today's doubleheader? Um, you I know, guess I, Simmons, he, Simmons is out. So Polanco could shift to, sec, or to short. That's another yeah. possibility for a rise. I just think, you know, with, with most teams, even if you just lay out sort of your, your perfect alignment of all your position players and how they'll slot in when everyone's healthy, you're probably going to need 10 or 11 guys most weeks to, to get through things. And uh, I just, you know, I don't trust Donaldson to stay healthy. He, he'll be back, but I, I mean, he could very easily um, get hurt again. Uh, they'll probably want to give Donaldson some days off to try to keep him healthy. And that's where, you know, they could definitely spell Miguel Sano there. Um, you know, Jorge Blanco doesn't need to play every single day when everyone's healthy. That's a spot Arias can get at bats. Uh, you know, you're going to want to give Kepler some days off, um, especially against lefties. And you're going to want to give Buxton a day off here and there to try to keep him fresh and everything. So, I mean, I, I'm not super worried about that. I, I think, um, you know, Kirilov, Kirilov's ready and... Like he, like you said, like Miguel Sano, I, I don't think he's out of their plans, but I, I think he's not a guy who absolutely needs to be in a lineup every single day. James, over in Houston, Luis Garcia is making some waves and still prospect eligible. He's thrown 20 innings at the big league level so far this year, seven and two thirds, eight Ks, four walks, a homer allowed, but a pretty nice start for him. Uh, Luis Garcia, what can you tell us about him? And do you see him uh, maybe getting into a more fantasy-friendly role in time? Yeah, I mean, I, I just kind of wanted to highlight him because we, you know, we've we've kind of talked about a lot of guys who are, are you know fully broken out. You know, like Trevor Rogers. You know that that ship has sailed, and um, you know there's there's other guys where you just you can't pick them up. They're they're long gone, but. Uh, Luis Garcia, he looked absolutely dominant in his uh, long relief appearance the other day, and you know he was getting um, some pretty ugly whiffs on his slider, and um, was also getting getting some guys to miss on on his changeup. And I mean, the key for him has has really been locating that fastball early in the count um he's you know he's gonna lean on that fastball uh, 40 to 50 percent of the time and then he has a handful of secondary offerings that he can that he can throw after that but um, he gets into trouble when he when he walks too many batters or gets behind in the count with the fastball but he was he was locating it the other day and I mean, this is a guy with big time strikeout potential and not a ton of name value or, or name recognition. And um, I just think he, he's someone to, to go go take a peek if he's out there in your your league. I mean, in shallower leagues, I'm, I'm sure he is out there. In 12 team leagues, um, 15 team leagues. I mean, I'm I'm sure he's out there in, in plenty of main event leagues. To be honest with you, and. Uh, you look at that rotation. Um, you know, Zach Granke, Lance McCullers, Jake Jake Odorizzi, think those are locked in. Uh, what's going on over there? Can you hear that? Yeah. <laughs> I guess it's time to mow the uh, the lawn here. <laughs> so I will maybe try to find a quieter space in my house, but I don't know. Um, we'll see, James. But no, I, Luis Garcia sounds kind of in the uh, TJ Antone mold. Speaking of a dominant relief appearance recently, uh, yeah, yeah. No, it. I mean, like, I, I think, I think they're kind of. Um, Is that a little better? Gar- yeah, that's a little better. Uh, Garcia might be more. Um, stretched out maybe than than Antonio's right the second but um you know I I think 
the hope is that both those guys can kind of push their way into the rotation this season. Garcia, I mean, I, again, it's just it's going to come down to the command with him. But I mean, if he's throwing strikes, he's going to put up some some nasty numbers, and it's uh, you know it's worth pointing out that he was a at least he he climbed higher on my top 400 prospect rankings before his big league debut than either Christian Javier or Framber Valdez. And uh, I think he was second in the minors in strikeout rate in 2019. Um, and he's, he's just, he seems like a, a great personality. He's, he's got a, a great smile, a great head of hair. Um, he's really fun to watch pitch and, I mean, I think, you know, it, people that play in deep dynasty leagues, he's obviously long gone stuff. And uh, congratulations if, if you've been rostering him. But I, I think the majority of our listeners probably play in a, at least a couple formats where he's widely available. Yeah, and TJ Anton, who I mentioned, you know, I know it hasn't been a very – the role isn't really conducive for fantasy yet. And I do kind of see why the Reds decided – to throw him in the bullpen to start because he did have some trouble maintaining velocity and he's kind of run out of steam a little bit, but he's made it pretty clear Anton that he wants to be a, a starter at some point. And I think they'll, I mean, he's so nasty. They, they should give him a chance to, but I don't know when. So he's kind of in that wait and see, see bucket. Same with Ryan Weathers. I mentioned, you know, on the show last week, as you were talking about Ryan Weathers, I grabbed him in my only first come first serve league. <laughs> Then I had him in some uh, on some lists this weekend in Fab, kind of as a backup. Um, I, I do like it, but he's another guy where it's like we don't really know. Do you have a sense maybe when uh, or what what weather is going to be doing in the immediate future? I think all all signs point to him being the primary pitcher Friday at home against the Dodgers. Uh, You'll recall that he made his first MLB appearance against the Dodgers in the playoffs last year. So uh, he's got some familiarity with that team. Uh, struck out Corey Seager, I believe, in that that appearance. Um, and it it just seems we're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. I think I was reading um, AJ Casavelli uh, on MLB.com. And it just doesn't it doesn't seem like it'll be Mackenzie Gore because they could have easily brought Gore up to start today against the Pirates and pushed everyone back. I just it's hard to imagine them bringing Mackenzie Gore up for his big league debut against the Dodgers. I mean, that would just be <laughs> be showing a lot of a lot of confidence in the kid and they haven't really shown much confidence in him to date. So I think I would rule out Mackenzie Gore for that spot. And then, um, Denilson Lamette, it seems like he's got another, um, rehab start on tap this week. So I think he's out. So just kind of by process of elimination, I think it's going to be, uh, a bullpen game, but weathers will be kind of the, the main guy in that bullpen game on Friday. And so we'll, we'll see how that goes. But, 
I mean, we, who knows how many starts Denilson Lamette's going to make in the majors this year? Who knows how many starts Mackenzie Gore is going to make this year? But I mean, Weathers just seems like he's really well positioned uh, to get some of these early opportunities. Yeah, I know. I know uh, Mackenzie Gore was the name bandied about um, right away when they were looking at a, a replacement for the, the for that team, but. Um, yeah, it's kind of weird that, you know, I know we saw Mackenzie Gore a little bit in the, the spring and they, he said that everything was fine, but it does seem like just the uncertainty, the, the hushed lips around that organization, something just seems a little fishy with Gore. I, and maybe I'm reading too much into it, but, um, there, maybe it's, he's just not, not as good as some people thought. Yeah. I, I don't want to speculate too much. I, you know, I, but I will say this is this is an organization that has never ever been shy about pushing guys when they think they're ready, and uh, they they'll often they'll push guys, you know they'll surprise people with how aggressive they they push some of their best guys. Uh, Fernando Tatis, Weathers in the postseason last year. I mean, uh, Tisipita Marcano uh, making the team for a minute out of out of camp i mean like they'll push guys so this this is not a uh, org that is going to hold a an absolute stud who's ready down just to hold him down uh so i i think there's there's certainly something going on there where either they don't think he's quite ready or um you know maybe he's just yeah i don't know there, there's not a ton of uh development work that's gone on with him over the past like 18 months that's been visible i mean it was basically this past spring training so um i just i highly doubt that they'll bring him up to start uh, against the dodgers for his big league debut so i mean i I think we'll probably see him at some point um probably in the first half probably in a matter of weeks if he is healthy but i don't think it'll be this week yeah, that's a tough draw for Ryan Weathers, assuming he is indeed the primary guy, as you speculated. Uh, but as you said, he's made a few appearances and has, has seen the Dodgers before, right? He's uh, pitched against them. So, yeah, it's a guy I'm very much interested in in some leagues. I didn't end up getting him in any, like, either of my mains or anything. But, um, yeah, Ryan Weathers, actually, did he, uh, he, he said he pitched against the Dodgers in the postseason last year. Yep. Yep. Um, I think he he was successful in that appearance, and I mean he's he's looked really good this year. Uh, I watched I watched his whole appearance against the Rangers on April 10th, and um, I mean for him to have emerged from that outing, it was two innings. He gave up one run on a hit and a walk, three Ks. I mean, his defense was doing him zero favors. Um, ha Young Kim made a, just a horrible error at shortstop. Um, Luis Camposano, I mean, he's young, but man, is he a, is he a bad pitch framer? Um, I mean, that. Yeah, it, it just, I was watching Blake Snell last night. He seemed to be getting pretty mad with Camposano. It, it, really, it was ugly. Yeah, I, I'm. It's kind of surprising to me, honestly, that um, they've stuck with him. I guess they don't really have a better option as their third catcher right now with Nola on the IL. But I would imagine Campusano is going to get sent down and sent down for a while once Nola is activated. Because I, if I was if I was pitching to him, I mean, watching him, like he he didn't even try to frame some pitches that could have easily been stolen for strikes with a with a good catcher back there and that's that's just got to be frustrating so i mean the fact that weather that was the first appearance of the year where weathers gave up a run and he just gave up one run still got the three k's uh was just really impressed with his ability to kind of keep his head in the game and, and work through all that yeah that's big it's um i love seeing how a guy responds when things don't go particularly well it's always uh telling for me you know, James, we talked about, you know, April 16th and when we're going to see guys like Kelnick and others. And I'm, you know, I'm thinking about, 
Wander Franco, too, because I guess the Rays are, what, 19th in scoring entering today? But it seems like they could sure use a jolt, and I'm kind of holding out hope for, like, McClanahan, too, at some point. But um, I, I know you you're think... holding out hope for McClanahan. Oh, hell yeah. <laughs> I love McClanahan. <laughs> but uh, you don't think this slow start really changes the window or the, the ETA for Franco? No, no. I mean, I, I think this team, it's uh, – I mean, they're, they're going to win based on pitching and um, defense. I mean, this isn't a team that was going to just uh, clobber teams offensively. Uh, they're also – I mean, I just don't – I don't see the guys – the guys who are costing them offensively aren't. Um, I mean, you're not you're not going to displace Brandon Lau. Um, I mean, I think Willie Adamas has been uh, striking out a lot again, but uh, he's also got a couple homers in his last five games. Um, I just don't I just don't see the obvious way to to get Franco integrated, and like Joey Wendell's doing great and, and Joey Wendell's a excellent defensive third baseman. So I, I just don't really see him getting pushed. Uh, so yeah, I just, I don't see, I don't see Franco being the cure for what ails this, this raised team. Yeah. Just the offense pretty slow out of the gate for Tampa Bay. I guess what I'm circling around here, dancing around a little bit is that James, it seems like it's kind of isn't stashing season. <laughs> it seems like stashing season. I mean, unless you're stashing Logan Gilbert, Kelnick. Um, well, dude, we I think we've been dancing around that point all all spring, kind of. I mean, bummer. I love stashing season. I know it's I know it's tough. Um, it's you know everyone knew that they were stashing uh, Jared Kelnick when they drafted him, and you know I I thought there was a chance early in March that. Kirilov wasn't going to be a stash and that he was just going to break camp, but he had such a bad spring training that they sent him down. But yeah, those two and Logan Gilbert have really been the only prospects I've been mentioning to people as stashes. Of course, here we are sitting, sitting stash and Bobby Witt Jr. in, in the main event, like a couple sharps. Uh, but I think that's a good stash though. I'm doing that too. And, uh, <laughs> I'm doing that in the stake league too with Witt and Logan Gilbert because it's always stashing season for me personally. But right, right. Maybe not an advisable stashing season for right. most. <laughs> uh, let me ask you about a guy that I saw. Eno, you know, he's kind of coming around on Eno Saris of the Athletic. Mentioned him a few times, I think, including on his return show over at Rates and Barrels. But he's like on the Joe Adele train, and you know, really a bad start for him last year. Looked way overmatched. I don't really see him as a viable stash, but do you think maybe Adele could uh, come up and make some waves? Um, I, you know, <laughs> they have so such an obvious opening for either Adele or Marsh. I think the fact that they're not up yet is, you know, maybe there are some service time games being played there, but. Um, yeah, because now that Fowler's hurt, I mean, I know they're putting Walsh out there. They'd Juan Lagares out there. Now he's on the IL. Well, I mean, they, the fact that they've gone from Juan Lagares to John Jay in right field, <laughs> in <laughs> instead of promoting Adele or Marsh, I mean, <laughs> would you go to all that trouble? Would you go to all that trouble with Lagaris and John Jay if you were planning on bringing those guys up here in the next week or so? Uh, maybe, but um, with Adele, I just it's it's really hard to say uh, when it's going to all click for him. I I hope it does all click, but this isn't a guy where it's like when next time he's up, he's going to rip. Like I, I just I don't know that. I I think that the the questions that have been there with him for the last couple of years about the strikeouts and the walks, like, I mean, you know, a nice spring training aside, I think we've, we've seen with guys like uh, Taylor Trammell and uh, Bobby Dahlbeck and uh, guys like that, that, you know, spring training doesn't necessarily transfer over. So 
Um, I think Adele, Adele's probably as close as anything to a, a stashing candidate, even though he's no longer prospect eligible, but uh, it's just, it's hard for me. I mean, I, to me, he's kind of like a lottery ticket this year. Like this, this could be the year where it works, but it, it might not be as well. I, I don't really feel that confident about it. Yeah, it did not look uh, close to putting it together. I'm sorry about this. Of course, you know, throughout the winter, they don't need to mow the lawn here um, at my apartment building. And now that it's getting nice out, they do need to mow the grass again. So this is maybe I'll need to go in the office uh, for next week's show, James. We talked about Houston's uh, Luis Garcia, Ryan Weathers of the Padres. What about Michael Kopech? Is he kind of in that bucket too, where you know he could he could stretch out and and uh, start, which would obviously be a a better role, and you feel better about deploying him in fantasy. Yeah, you know I. I did a note on him uh, yesterday because I saw uh, Daryl Van Schoen of the Sun-Times report that Kopech actually would have been an option to start Monday's game for Carlos Rodon if he hadn't pitched the previous day. And they've been kind of talking about how strong Kopech's been and bouncing back after these multi-inning outings. And all he's made are, are two plus inning outings so far. He went two innings on April 2nd, two innings on April 5th, two and a third on April 11th. Has not allowed a run, has only allowed one hit, two walks, uh, 11 Ks. So he's been absolutely dominant in this role. And I, I'm guessing he's Kopech's a guy who's probably rostered pretty much across the board, minus your maybe your 10 team, maybe 12 team leagues. But um, it does sort of seem like they are keeping him just stretched out enough that if something does kind of open up in that rotation, he could be one of the options. So, um, you know, I think Garrett Crochet is clearly just a reliever this year, but uh, Kopech could be a guy where you get really nice production now in this relief role, but I think he could be a guy that, that eventually gets into that rotation. Well, only one uh, promo read today, but I want to take care of that little piece of business real quick before we move on. Uh, Football season approaches, and you've got to check out these new best ball leagues on Underdog. Best ball is the ultimate test of your live draft skills since there's no in-season management. That's right. Draft your team and Underdog automatically credits you with your best performing players every week. You don't need to play the waiver wire or worry about trades. It's just a draft. Who doesn't love drafting? In Underdog Best Ball, you can draft as many times as you want because you don't have to do any roster management, saving you loads of time. Underdog's Best Ball leagues are drafting right now, starting at just 3 bucks. Once the season starts, Underdog also has Daily Fantasy and an all-new Pick'em game. Go download the Underdog app now to get in on some Best Ball before the season starts. Enter promo code ROTOWIRE with your first deposit, and Underdog will honor a money-back guarantee during your first month. Love Underdog or get your money back with promo code ROTOWIRE. Search Underdog in your app store and enter promo code ROTOWIRE. James, a guy who I was on in most of my fab leagues last weekend, got him in a lot of leagues, including the 12-team 12 12-team 12 tout wars head-to-head, Zach McKinstry. Now, when we talked maybe last week even or two weeks ago, you know, one of your bullet points in the outline was Zach McKinstry is good, but does it even matter? Um, but then he rattled off a bunch of starts in a row. So I know he was out of the lineup yesterday with Mookie Betts's return, but, and I know he's at least last I checked in the NFBC, he's still UT only, which is annoying. Uh, but I think McKinstry's going to actually play enough to matter. Well, yeah, I mean, he's going to get outfield and second base eligibility here, uh, in about a week or so. Um, and yeah, I mean, I, I think, I mean, this was not a, this was not a Vlad Sedler special. Um, we, we got him for 62. The runner up was 18. So we probably, probably did too much on him. And if it had just been me doing it, I probably would have prioritized like Travis Shaw or Jed Lowry, but, um, McKinstry, you know, like I said, he's, he's, he's good. He's a good hitter. It's just a matter of the playing time being there. And, uh, kind of like we were talking about with Alex Kirilov, 
um, you know, even if McKinstry's maybe not in there, just set it and forget it. Top eight guys. I don't know how long they're gonna or how often they're gonna have those those eight guys uh, all healthy. And you know, Justin Turner's getting up there. Um, so I mean, he he could always go down with something. AJ Pollock um, misses time uh, most years. Bellinger's on the shelf. And the nice thing about McKinstry is that he can pretty much play any position on the diamond. Um, you probably wouldn't want to waste him at first base, but I mean, he could fill in at second, third, short, left, center, right. Like that, that's going to help you get into the lineup and just his ability to play anywhere. And as long as he keeps hitting, I think he will um, find a place to play more often than not. Um, it's just a matter of, whether or not he's playing quite enough for us to feel good about starting him in the main event. But I think once he gets the second base eligibility and the outfield eligibility, it'll at least be a nice like top reserve for us uh, to plug in uh, on the weekend. If we, if we deal with an injury. And I saw Dave Roberts say that Mookie Betts was going to shift over to center field today, presumably to open up a spot for McKintree and Wright. And just a pretty good player, you know. You kind of sold me on him a long time ago, and I think I had him in RDI, RIP RDI, before it was shut down. But it's just, it does finally look like they they actually like him and want to play him quite a bit. So, um, yeah, I was happy we were able to get him. We are not fab whispers like Vlad, unfortunately. Um, that guy, I don't know how he does it with his... I mean, Fab's just a tricky art form, and uh, he has a good handle on it. Me, not so much. I have a tendency to overspend, but um, I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing. If I want a player, I, you know, I want him, and if I overspend a little bit, it's not the end of the world. Uh, James, last week on the Farm Friday XM show, we had Jeff Ponce, uh, formerly known as Ralph Lifshitz from Prospects Live. And by the way, Ralph Lifshitz from Beyond the Graves just killing everybody in Top Wars head-to-head. He has 814 points, Ralph Lifshitz, a.k.a. Jeff Ponce. Uh, 814, the next highest point total is uh, 657. So Jeff Ponce, uh, Ralph Lifshitz from Beyond the Grave, just crushing everybody in head-to-head. Um, but he was mentioning on our Farm Friday show you know, a little bit about the upcoming draft class. You're kind of just getting really deep into it and, and starting – the extensive work that you do on the draft class. Um, and I know you've had some, you know, you've had some work on these players, but um, as you look into it, how do you feel about the top of the class and how maybe those guys will be valued in fantasy? Um, but yeah, I just wanted to throw in that uh, Jeff is also uh, in first place in my TGFBI league by, uh, ten and a half points over the next Jeez. closest. I think he's tenth in the overall. So um, he's like the, the Undertaker. <laughs> Ralph Lifshitz. That Undertaker gif where he pops out of the car. Yeah, I mean he's yeah, crushing he's been, uh, Having a great start to the year. Uh, Jeff's a great player. Um, yeah, I mean I I mostly just kind of wanted to highlight why. Like and I, I feel like there are examples of this every single year. Last year, like Emerson Hancock would have been a good example. Um, but I always get questions from people in like October, November, like where would this college player who's trending up, where would he slide into the top 400 and stuff like that? And uh, I always tell people like I don't really get into the amateur side of things until closer to the draft. And part of the reason for that is just that I don't really have time to be involved on the amateur side year round because keeping track of the pro prospects is kind of a full-time job just in and of itself. But also just so much can change in these valuations. Um, I mean, just even in the matter of matter of weeks, but especially months um, like Kumar rocker, I remember like a couple months ago, I was talking with Jeff and asking like, well, where would he slot for you among like uh, all pitching prospects? And now Kumar Rocker's not even 
remotely in the consideration to go 1-1. Like, I mean, it, it just changes so fast. And Judd Fabian, uh, outfielder at Florida, like he was a guy that people were asking, like, is this is this like a Austin Martin, Spencer Torkelson type of prospect, like back in the fall, and now he's not even like a top 10 guy. And it just, things change so fast. So I, I just kind of want to stress to people, like, you know, don't don't freak out on the vast majority of, of amateur prospects um, several months, like half a year ahead of the actual draft because um, those valuations just, they change constantly. They change very quickly. Um, like Jack Leiter, like, I mean, this is a guy that I think the vast majority of people in dynasty leagues would have preferred Kumar Rocker over like two or three months ago. And now Leiter's the clear top guy. It's just, it's kind of perilous to overvalue uh, amateur players, especially college players uh, that far in advance of the draft. I mean, that's, it's not always the case and you kind of know it when you see it, like, you know, Spencer Torkelson never really, his, his value never really declined or anything and, and stayed where it was for over a year. But um, it's just, there's, there's always just a ton of shakeups. And I, I remember in the, like the devil's rejects, uh, league I play in where it's an open universe league like Max Meyer wasn't even ra- rostered in that league until like right before the draft when it became clear that he was going to be a top five or six pick and now he's a, a top three top five pitching prospect in the game I mean things just change so quickly so I I'm always kind of on the side of valuing the guys who are in pro ball and who we just know a lot more about in terms of where their value lies than uh, the amateurs, especially uh, college players, because just a ton can just change in between your your sophomore and, and junior year. Yeah. One of the most important things to know is that you don't know, you know what I mean? Like, and if anybody pretends they know on high school prospects or even, just major league baseball prospects they are definitive and pretend they know. I mean, it's just false because nobody can know. These are young kids. Uh, sometimes they pan out, sometimes they don't, but it's just, yeah. If you, if you hear anybody talking definitively, just know that uh, they don't know what the hell they're talking about. James, by the way, I see Jose de Leon move to the bullpen. That'll irk a certain tout wars um, participant. Jose de moving to the bullpen um do you want to get into our new hip-hop walk-up tracks for the week by the way thanks to andrew redding for creating the playlist on spotify uh big help Uh, i also wanted to say yeah i I do and i also wanted to shout out jack J, who was the person who originally submitted this idea to me in a direct message on twitter i went back and and dug that up and uh, already privately thanked him, but uh, shouts to Jack J for coming up with this idea. Yeah, I love this new weekly walk-up track, and I'm hoping maybe, you know, maybe we'll hear one of these one time. We'll be like, whoa, I wonder if that guy listens to the pod. Probably not, but um, <laughs> it'll be kind of cool to maybe listen, and maybe one day we'll hear or maybe triumph or something. Maybe the next time we do a company. Uh, wiffle ball outing we can bring uh, a portable speaker and just keep this playlist on <laughs> on loop i love that maybe everybody could submit their own personal walk-ups track before that next company wiffle ball outing i don't know if we want to i don't know if we want to water down the, the <laughs> <laughs> yeah there'd probably be a lot of country and a lot of yeah um rock and roll that we wouldn't we wouldn't want to be on our playlist folks but um, James, you know, for all right, for my track, you know, I'm kind of an introvert, really. And, uh, you know, as I've lost my youthful good looks, I don't really, you know, I don't want to be looked at in a Zoom or, you know, I just don't want to be looked at. But uh, if I were a Major League Baseball player, I would want to be looked at, especially, you know, if I'm coming up to the plate. So I'm going to go with Look At Me by E-40 featuring the Hot Boys. Now, this has an absolutely terrible Birdman verse on it, as you'd expect. I don't know how, like, even with Go- Lil Wayne ghostwriting his songs, Birdman was still so terrible. But um, 
I love this song. It's like uh, freezer burn platinum on my pinky, squatting 20-inch twankies. Look at me. And plus, I mentioned Amir Garrett. In this track in the hook, he says, I'm like that. And, of course, Amir Garrett, when he was getting into fights, would flex and say, I'm like that. So um, look at me by E-40. I know you're not an E-40 guy, James. But uh, at, I think if you listen to the playlist um, moving forward and whenever this track comes on, you're going to grow fond of it. Nice. I I did not necessarily know that we'd be getting to E-40 this early in the playlist. but uh, Plus BG, to- plus BG, plus Juvenile. Birdman, nice. but also a Lil Wayne. One of the first Lil Wayne verses I think I can really remember where it's, you know, it's the youngest Wayne. You could call me Wheezy. Flying down the interstate in a Lamborghini. So, yeah, it, definitely check that one out. It'll get you pumped up, too. Nice. Um, well, you, you stayed on brand. I will also stay on brand. And uh, we will have our first. Our first entry from the Diplomats. Nice. Might not be our last, but our, our first. And it's just going to be the, the Dipset Anthem off of Diplomatic Immunity. Um, I'm choosing this track as much for, probably more for the beat than the rapping, particularly Joel Santana's uh two verses joel santana gets two verses on this song before cameron finishes things off uh but this beat by the heat makers is just uh, absolutely what i'm looking for when i'm stepping into the batter's box um really uh, another intimidating track for the pitcher uh, to try to handle and um just really exactly what i'm looking for in, in a walk-up song I love that. And when we got up, you know, we hadn't, I guess we'd seen each other for some radio shows and whatnot, but when we got up for the Stakely, we were listening to some tracks and losing weight part two. I, I know, you know, Andrew would occasionally throw on some bonus tracks onto the the playlist and losing weight part two might need to go on there. Maybe that wouldn't be a great walk up song, but I mean, losing weight part two is like maybe one of the better hip hop songs ever made, James. Well, Maybe. <laughs> I love losing weight part two and that just the F losing weight thing. Like it's, I don't know, man, he's just, uh, you know, I'm not as big of a Cameron slash diplomats guys, you, but losing weight part two is uh, one of my favorites. Well, good stuff there, James. Uh, appreciate it. Anything else you want to mention today? Kind of a, a little bit of a shorter show, but again, there's just prospect wise, not a ton to talk about. Yeah, I mean, I, I uh, yeah, this was this was fun. I'm just gonna be pulling for our main event team here over the next few days, and um, yeah, a lot of a lot of day baseball on today, so be checking that out. But um, good talking, yeah, Johnny Johnny C against the Reds, man, revenge game. Got to throw that on. It's coming on right now. Great talking with you as well. I did not pick up Johnny C in a place where I could have, uh, just because I didn't want to root against the Reds, but he'll probably carve him up. Uh, thank you, James. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Thank you, Andrew Redding, for getting the walk-up playlist curated and um, up on Spotify. We appreciate that. And uh, let us know if you have any prospect questions for next week. Otherwise, otherwise we'll keep an eye out for Kelnick and others. Um, if you're stashing, good luck with your stashing season. We'll be back next week on the Rotowire Prospect Podcast.
Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.